to be praised, Lord. Our hearts so thankful, Lord, for all that you've done in our lives. Lord, how you've touched us in a mighty way and picked us up. Lord, I'm so thankful you didn't leave us where you found us. Lord, you took us out of the old miry clay, the old mud pit of the world. And Lord, you cleaned up our lives and filled us with your spirit and put our hearts on the right path and our feet on the rock. Lord, what a great God you are. We ask, Lord, today that you would bless your children, you would touch hearts and lives, you'd minister as only you can do, Lord. You'd strengthen as only you can. We ask, Lord, the healer would come by and touch hearts and lives of the deliverer, the Savior, would minister, Lord, today and hand out, Lord, the, the gifts of healing and deliverance to your people. We commit this time to you and every part of it be for your glory and for your honor. Lord, remember those that are sick, Lord, with cancers and heart issues and different things, God. Truly, we can say, Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too far gone that you can't heal or deliver or set free. We thank you for that promise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn to Joel chapter 2 and also John chapter 1. Amen. It's good to be with you. This morning in the house of the Lord, amen. God's good to us. I just want to thank the Lord for all the mothers that are among us. And I know this is a day uh, set aside to honor mothers, but I, I, I believe as the prophet of God say, said, every day ought to honor mother, amen. And so, uh, but we do want to give you the honor that you are due and the time that we're living in when the world is stripped all that away and, and you know, put put a woman out in the workforce and to do those things and took her away from the home to do what God had called her to do. I'm thankful that there's still real, true God called mothers. Amen. And if you have a mother, you ought to be thankful for her today. Amen. God bless you. Let's look here. Joel chapter two and verse 25. I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten a canker worm, the caterpillar, the pommel worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. It's amazing he said that twice. Amen. It's a double promise. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
The same came for witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. But he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to him gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of the blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'd like to speak to you this morning on the light, the season of the bringer. Amen. I believe that's the season that we're in. He's bringing life. He's brought life again into the body. We know that we were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We were all born with a sin nature. Ephesians 2 and verse 1 says we were dead in trespasses of sin. So, you know, we may have heard salvation many times described as something like this. You know, I was drowning in a sea of sin and Jesus came by in a boat. And he threw out a lifeline and he pulled me on board and he saved me. Amen. That's all, that's all wonderful and, it, and it's good, but it's truly the gospel says you were dead in sins and trespasses. In other words, you were, weren't just drowning in the sea of your sin. You were dead, floating face down. And Jesus walked on the water and he came to where you could, when you could not come to him. And he picked you up. And he carried your dead body back to the shore and breathed eternal life into your lungs. Amen. God, what a mighty God we serve. Then he says here in John 1 and verse 4, in him was the life and that life was the light of men. So Jesus came into the world to bring light and to bring life because he came into the world, into a world that was spiritually blind. It was spiritually dark and it was spiritually dead. And there was no life that was there any longer in any kind of religious realms or any kind. They hadn't had a prophet in some 400 years that had even spoke the word of God to them. And so they came, he came in a time that was very blind and very dark and very dead. But when Jesus came, we read that he was not, he was not recognized or received by the world. Amen. Because in John 3 and verse 19, it says people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Amen. And so we see again a parallel of the time that we're living in. It's a, again a very dead world. It's a very spiritually blind world and a very spiritually dark world. Amen. And we see that people's deeds are very evil and they love darkness more than they love light. Amen. And so, but Jesus is the true light and there is, there, there is light in no other one. There is not light, there is not light in any other thing. Now there are fake lights in the world, but Jesus is not merely a light. He is the light. Amen. He's not just merely speaking of a light. He is the fulfillment of what light really is. 
He is the truth. And so, but you know, also in that scripture, not only was there a rejecting of light, but there was also a receiving of light. And it said, but all who did receive him, to him gave them power or the right to be children of God to those that believe in his name. See, light will change you if you receive it. Amen. He was, you know, no, no doubt, uh, light, you know, here was Saul. We could look at Saul and we could see how he was changed by light. He was changed from a murderer to a missionary, from a church hater to a church planner. He had no idea all that God had in store from him when he was on that horse on the way to Damascus, but a light struck him down. And when that light begins to get in you, it begins to change you. Amen. It begins to turn you around. He can, this light knows how to stop you in your tracks. It knows how to turn you around. Nothing could have stopped Saul but the light of God. And so God knows what it takes to bring us to our knees, to stop fighting him, to stop pulling away from him. He knows, amen, because you cannot fight that light. That light will overtake you. Amen. His light will bring forth life. Amen. He is the, he is the life bringer. As we, as we read in the scripture, amen, of, of, of all those, the, the worms that had come and destroyed the plant and it would have destroyed the life. But he said, I'm going to restore. I'm going to bring a restoration of what all these have done. And, and I'm going to bring, and we read this Wednesday night in this script, this quote, but I just want to bring it up again. He said, and it shall bring forth fruit in his season. He says, watch, it's his fruit, God's fruit. And then the prophet is bringing it. It'll be in the prophet's season, God's fruit, God's time by the prophet's season. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season. See, there's two his there. Bring forth God's fruit in the season that the messenger is ordained to come. He will bring those things forth. The messenger that brings the fruit of God will bring it in God's season, in the season of the bringer. And so I got to thinking about the bringer and how many times, and there's, there's all kinds of times of where, amen, God spoke of himself as a bringer. And we can read about it in Exodus chapter three and verse 17. He says, and I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of the Egyptians unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and, and on down. It says in the Exodus chapter six and verse six, it says, wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord and I I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will rid you of their bondage and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And we can say that he did that, amen. We can say that he brought them out of slavery and set them free, amen. They had to go through a lot of things in their life, but what he promised, he brought to pass. Amen. It set a, it set a, a precedence or it set something there that we can look at a law of God that what God done, he does what God says. Amen. And what he said, he brought to pass. And so we can look at the same God that moved upon them is the same God that's going to move for us. Amen. And I, I love how he said that. He said that twice as I, I mentioned that. And my people shall never be ashamed because he has a natural seed and a spiritual seed. So he's want you to know 
that they shall never be ashamed, the natural seed, but also the spiritual seed shall never be ashamed. Amen. That God will bring forth what he said he was going to bring forth in the season of the bringer. Now, it may not be in our season or in our time or when we want it to be, but when God has ordained for that to happen, there ain't nothing that can stop it. It's going to come to pass. I don't care what you're asking for. If it's in the word of God, it's going to come to pass and God's going to bring it. Amen. In Isaiah 42 and verse 16, it says, I will bring the blind by the way that they knew not and I will lead them. excuse me, in paths that they have not known and I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. Hallelujah. God has not forsaken his people this morning. That's enough right there to shout about. It doesn't, you may look like it's forsaken. It may look like you're forgotten, but there's a word that says here, I'm gonna bring it to pass. I'm going to bring the blind, amen, by the way that they knew not. I'm going to lead them in paths that they have not known. And I'm going to make darkness light before them. And I'm going to straighten all the crooked things out in their life. And I'm going to bring them back to me. Hallelujah. That's something to shout about. To realize your children may be out there blind right now. But the bringer is going to bring them forth. And he's going to bring the blind by a way they've not known before. They didn't know it was possible. They didn't know they could do it. They didn't know it was able. They didn't know it would be that they could be a son of God or a daughter of God. Or they could be a child of God. But I'm going to make the darkness light before them. And I'm going to straighten out all those misunderstandings. And I'm going to straighten out all the crooked ways and I'm going to make them straight because I want you to know I'm not going to forsake them, but I'm going to bring them forth. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43 and verse one says it like this. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he hath formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by my name and thou art mine. Amen, that's what we need to let the devil know. I am his. I belong to Jesus. So when I pass through the waters, he'll be with me. When I go through the rivers, they'll not overflow me. But when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God the Holy One of Israel. Amen, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom. Ethiopian see before thee. The, since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable and I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee and I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west and I'll say to the north, give them up. Hallelujah. And to the south, keep not back and bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. (laughs) So it's showing us right there in the promises of God. They can never get far enough. They can never get deep enough. It'll never get dark enough. But his love and his mercy shall follow them to the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory and I have formed him, yea, I have made him bring forth the blind people that have eyes. Well, that's a paradox. Amen, the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. 
<laughs> Amen. They didn't know they had eyes, but there was another eyesight that was coming. They didn't know we had ears, but there was another ear, ear, a hearing that was coming. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled who among them can declare this and show us former things. Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say, it is the truth. You are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I've chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me. There is no God form, neither shall be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, I have saved, and have shown. When there was no strange God among you, therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord. I am God, yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? What does that mean? Who can revoke what I have said? Who can reverse what I do? So it doesn't matter what the devil has said about them or the devil has said about you. It matters what God said first. Because remember, there was another voice that had spoke over your life before the devil ever did. There was another law that was put in place before the devil ever had one moment of right over your life or one moment to be able to touch you. There was already a law that was theirs hanging over you, a prophecy that says, devil, you can only go so far, you can only do so much, but I'm gonna bring them back, thus saith the Lord. And you can hold them, but I'm gonna say, turn them loose. you can hinder them, but I'm going to say, let them go. Hallelujah. The bringer will bring them forth. Because he is the bringer. When he brings it, it is finished. He is the bringer of light. And that light is the life of men. Not a life, but the life. the bringer of life. (coughs) Excuse me, and when that light shines upon seed, it will come to life. Come on now. Uh, Amen, when that light shines upon seed, it will come to life. Now we don't know when that light will shine on that certain seed. It may be shadows all, listen, it may be something there hindering it right now or something keeping it back, but God will remove every hindrance. Amen, just like if you want a good garden spot and you got a lot of trees, what are you gonna do? You're gonna cut some trees down if you want a garden. And you're gonna remove the hindrance from allowing the sun to come through. And listen, if there is a life, a seed that is laying down there, I don't care how deep it is, how dark it is, how impossible it may seem, but there's a seed gene of life of God on the inside. That light is gonna find it somehow or another. And when it finds it, it's going to come to life. It doesn't matter how much the devil's piled on it, how many complexes there, how much sin is there, how much drugs, whatever you wanna put there. Amen, no matter how much is there, how many spirits of hell that is walking through their, through their body, that doesn't matter when the voice of God speaks and the light shines and say, turn them loose. The bringer will bring them forth. We are in the season of the bringer. Amen. The light shines upon the sea. It'll come to my, no matter how long it may have laid in the dark dirt. 
no matter how, how, how much it may be covering it, how impossible it may be seeming that life will ever come forth, that matters not because a word's been spoke. Amen. It's what happened in Genesis 18. We've been hearing about Sarah. It's in verse 14. It's anything too hard for the Lord. I'll let you answer that question. <laughs> is anything too hard for the Lord? Let me ask this church. Is cancer too hard? <laughs> Amen. Is, is spirits of hell too hard? Is even demonic, amen, the, a demonic expression and so overtaking the body, is that too hard for the Lord? Is healings of any kind too hard for the Lord? Is there any sinner too hard for the Lord? No, is there any case impossible for God? No, is anything, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. So when it's time for life, life is going to come forth. And I'm going to bring it and Sarah shall have a son. Second Kings four sixteen, he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she, and she said, Nay, my Lord, thou art a man of God. Do not lie unto thy handsmaid. Amen. She heard something that sounded so impossible. Surely he's kidding me. Surely he's 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 joking. These ain't jokes. These are the truth. This season according to the time of life. And the next verse, and the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. So in other words, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a kid. It wasn't a play. It wasn't nothing but the truth. And the bringer brought it forth. The bringer brought it to life. Amen. I'm thankful that we have the bringer among us. He's bringing in the promises of God and he's handing them out to those that'll believe. Amen, this morning he's loaded down with promises of God and he's just looking to bring somebody some joy this morning and somebody some happiness this morning and somebody a promise this morning. If there's somebody that said, Lord, don't joke with me. No, is there anything too hard for God? Whatever you have need of, he has it. There was some seeds in the upper room and the light shined upon the seeds and it bloomed out on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, a few days, 50 days after Easter, there came a rushing mighty wind out of heaven. Amen. You know, he said, we want to make that difference. Say, well, the minister stands up with his collar all fixed up and says, I'll put your name on the book or you come up here and you eat the certain kind of bread and you'll become a member of the church. He said, the minister, minister say, come join our group. He said, they're wrong. He said, Pentecost came from heaven. It came from heaven, not off the pulpit, up the road, from heaven. A priest? No. A minister? No. What was it? A sound like a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting and cloven tongues set upon each one of them and they began to speak in tongues. They couldn't talk right. They were so full of the glory of God. The Holy Ghost filled each and every one of them. 
and out on the streets they went. Even the dignified congregation stood out there and said, wow, these men are full of new wine. They're all drunk. Look at them, men and women, how they're staggering and carrying on. He said, that's how the church was ordained. Come on now. That's how the church was ordained. That's how the bringer brought it. Amen. That's how the bringer brought life into the body. He set the church in order. Right there, the bringer did it. And he taught the proper use of the gifts of the spirit. And he confirmed that they were to remain in the church till Jesus came. Amen, it's a direct quote. Amen, listen, I can understand if a man brings something, he might take it back. Or if a man brings something, he's only limited in so much how he can bring or so much what he can do. That's not God. God's unlimited. Amen, listen to this. He said, you have a right to enjoy the full blessings of all the apostles had. All that was in the early church will remain in the church because all that was in the church was Jesus Christ. The life, the light, the bringer. So those that want to know why we enjoy ourselves, well, it's my inalienable right. Unless, you know, it says until Jesus comes. It's my right to be happy in the Lord. Why do you have this right? Because the bringer brought it. Not man, not man's creeds, not man's ideas. The bringer brought it to me. The bringer handed it to me. So it's my right as a child of God to enjoy the blessings in the church. The Holy Ghost baptism was to last until Jesus returns again. Direct quotes. Amen. So they want to change it today. That's easy believism. And you believe the message and you're saved. No, the bringer brought it in the first place. And he showed how it had to be, how it had to happen in the first place. And so therefore, if he brought it, it still must remain. Another one that says, we know that in the day of salvation, where God is calling men from the world, from a life of sin into a life of service, and in the day that God has poured out his spirit from on high, great signs and wonders are accompanying the ministry of this day. When the former and latter rain are falling together, we know that there's supposed to be great signs and wonders, which in many denominations, this is turned down. They're being turned down in message denominations. Well, days of miracles are past. It's not the season of the day of miracles. Listen, if it's not the season of miracles, it's not the season of God. Amen. I can understand. If God's not in your church, then you ain't got no miracles. But if he's there, there's miracles. There's signs. There's wonders. There's God moving among his people. Amen, just talking to Brother Tommy Richmond. He's been witnessing to a friend of his. Uh, uh, they grew up together. I don't remember the whole story, but he, he went into a seminary 
Brother Tommy said he came out in a cemetery. He said he went in more, he went in dead, but he came out twice dead. He's a part of the Church of Christ, and they have totally worked out all of the miracles out of the church. They totally stripped them all out, and they say it only happened back in the days of the apostles. Hallelujah. Well, it must be still the days of the apostles because they're still happening. Amen. But you can give them sign after sign, testimony after testimony, and they'll, you can put them, you can put a picture before them, you can put Sister Alanis before and after, and they'll say it ain't so. Just like they did in the days of Jesus when he looked at them and said, well, if you'll do this, then we'll believe. If you'll do this, if they had done everything that they said, they still wouldn't have believed. Amen, but God has a people who will believe. Doesn't matter if you got proof or not, you still believe. It doesn't matter if I got proof yet that my child's coming home, I'm still gonna believe. Doesn't matter yet if I got proof if I'm healed, I still believe. The proof I'm speaking about is things you can see with these eyes. We do have proof. You say, well, you know, that blessed Virgin Mary, she got it without sensation. Well, God wouldn't let Mary come to heaven without receiving the Holy Ghost. How are you gonna get there anything short of it? That's right, Mary was among them. She had to wait up there until she lost all her dignity and pride to be filled with the Spirit. And here they come acting like drunk people and the Bible said they did. They said, these men are full of new wine. <clears throat> and Peter and Peter spoke up and said, they're not full of new wine as you suppose. See, and this is the third hour of the day, but this is that which is spoken of the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Come on now, he brought it into the first church. The bringer brought it, the bringer laid it there. And I'll show wonders in the heavens and the earth, signs, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter preached Pentecost, he planted a tree. Oh, he planted it. They went out, had spiritual gifts. They healed the sick. They preached. They preached. They were thrown in jail. They were willing to suffer for the word's sake. They had backbones about them. Amen. They would stand in the face of doubts and unbelief and demons of hell and call the word of God the truth. They would stand in the face of cripples and, and, and proclaim the glory of God and God would bring it to pass. That's what the bringer brought to the church. Listen, Brother Bram said, you know, you wouldn't be a very good American if you'd slip on this, you know, around a little after the war had happened. He said, but you'd slip over to Japan and you'd slip in around the line saying, listen, fellas, I'm with you. I'm going to fight for your side. He said, you traitor. You ought to be shot. You're a traitor. 
He said, that's the same way it is. A man that knows the word of God and will compromise on it because some organization tells him he has to do it that way. That's a traitor. That's a traitor, amen. These men wasn't traitors. They didn't care how much, he said, they, well, he said, look, they didn't care how much what somebody thought or how they carried on, how their church manners was, screaming and crying and shouting and jabbering with language that seemed like impossible to understand. They wasn't traitors. I'm reading you a direct quote. They wasn't traitors. The first church screaming, crying, shouting, jabbering off in languages. They weren't traitors. So I just say it like this. What side do you find yourself on? Because the bringer brought it. Amen. Talking to one another could understand it. These men out there in the audience of other nations, their tongues begin to hear what they were saying. They didn't know what they were saying. They were jabbering. Other people out there understood it. And these people, they said, well, these people are certainly drunk. That's pretty awesome for a man to be drunk on natural wine and be able to just automatically speak another language. Do you, do you realize how unbelief is? How dumb unbelief is? Takes even the natural reasonings out. But you mean to tell me that they could drink some no, some wine out of a wine skin and start talking in languages of a different language and people could understand every word that's coming out of their mouth? Yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> he said, notice, God planted a tree to bring forth non-spiritual gifts of his spirit. The same spirit was in Christ was to come down through the church. The gifts of spirit was in the church and was growing and it was bearing forth fruit. They thought not of their self. They didn't organize, they just went ahead and they preached the word of God. And Jesus seeing them before he ascended, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name you shall cast out devils. And they want to take that and say that's for another day. This was his commission to the church, to the tree, to us, if you're part of the tree. If you're not part of the tree, then I understand why you don't believe it. I understand why you don't preach it. I understand why you put it way off there because you are not part of that same life. But of that same life, the bringer brought in the beginning is now worked down into our age and our time and is filling people again with the same power, with the same anointing, with the same God. It has the same works. Because the bringer brought it. We're talking about a church spiritual. We're talking about a spiritual tree. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that hangs on this tree. <laughs> oh, that's where I'm hanging at today. That's where I got my life tied to. Amen, it said they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpent, drink deadly things, and it will not harm them if they lay hands upon the sick. They shall recover. The tree was planted. It was doing great work. It was moving along, baptizing, went to church. Great fellowships they had. Nobody needing them. Everybody was kind, good-hearted, one big family. But all of a sudden, 
came this big old ugly looking greedy teeth beetle. I like how he put that. This old ugly looking greedy teeth beetle. Devil, you old ugly looking greedy teeth beetle. I know some of you, some of you sisters, he wants to put a complex on you and say you're not very pretty. Well, at least you ain't no ugly looking, greedy teeth beetle. (laughs) Now, why don't you tell that devil, why don't you go look in the mirror? Why don't you go look what you look like? Amen, and listen, we're not looking in mirrors made of man. We're looking in mirrors made of God. And when I look in this mirror, he says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen, so it doesn't matter what a mirror hanging on the wall says. It matters what he said. And what he said, you devil, you ain't nothing but a scroungy looking, greedy tooth beetle. Hallelujah. It comes in four stages, four insect destroyers that come into that beautiful tree of God and it begin to pull it down. The palmer worm begin to eat and destroy the fruit. Destroy the fruit that was among them. To where well, was a Jew said I had to we need to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered, he saw it slipping away. He saw things coming into the church that didn't belong and he started screaming out and he started pulling and he started preaching the word of God. What was it? It was still still in the fruit and it was pulling them away from the supernatural and it was pulling them into creeds and into dogmas and the into, into messes in the church. And all the things the devil could get their eyes on instead of what God called them to be. And let me tell you, the only reason it happened because it was a time of planning. Otherwise, that church would have went into rapture. Amen. There was people that were ready for rapture. Paul was writing about it. They were ready to go. He didn't realize there's seven more, six more ages coming. Amen. What was it? God said, wait a minute. I got more names on the book. I got more people laying out that old dirty dirt that the devil thinks he ain't gonna be able to to hold them and I ain't gonna be able to get it, but I'm gonna prove my word. I'm gonna prove I'm I'm just same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm gonna allow my beautiful tree to die and rot and go into the ground, but it's gonna come back again. And I'm gonna bring it back to the same power, to the same love and mercy and grace. I'm the bringer. He said, we'll get, he said, pretty soon they got dignitaries in the church, mayors and so forth, better class. And long, you know, they begin to tell, as long as y'all keep carrying on like that, they'll never come around. They're afraid. He said, they're afraid of you carrying on like that. Somebody said, Somebody said that, he said the other day, and somebody said they still are. He said, I guess that's about right. They're afraid of the Holy Spirit. 
said, I used to sing a little song. You ever hear the old time religion? Anybody heard that song? Anybody? It said, you said, it's old time Holy Spirit. And the devil won't go. Well, that's why I want it. Hey man, it's the old time Holy Spirit and the devil won't go near. That's the reason people fear it. But it's good enough for me. <laughs> it's so good I want no other for it makes me love my brother. It brings things from undercover. Uh-oh. Ooh, that's why you don't want it. But that's why you need it. It'll bring things out of the darkness of your life and say, hey, that's not you, old boy. I got a new life for you to live. I got a greater life for you to live. I got a better life for you to live. And I'm here to bring it to you if you will accept it. Hallelujah. That's right. It'll make you stop your lying. It'll save you when you're dying. It'll start the devil flying. It's good enough for me. Woo, I love that old song. Amen, it'll start the devil flying. That's why we gotta let the Holy Ghost loose in our services. We gotta allow him to do his perfect work because we don't want the devil comfortable in these pews. Amen, we want him to be uncomfortable to say, hey, 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 I need out of here. Turn the Holy Ghost loose and let him do his perfect work. Let him set the captive free. Let him fill with the Holy Ghost. Let him heal and deliver. Let him do what he wants to do. He is the bringer. That's the reason people don't want it. They didn't want Jesus. They don't want his spirit. The church so dignified said, you come and tell us who we are. We'll give you to understand we're Dr. PhD, LLQUS, all of this. I'm a high priest. Why, you were born in sin. You're nothing but an illegitimate child. Your mother had you before, before you, her, you, her and your father was ever married. He said, who can accuse me of sin? Sin is disbelieving God's word. In other words, show me where I'm not fulfilling the word to the hilt. Show me where it's not coming to pass just as the prophet said it would be. And I, that's why it, gets, it just blows my mind sometimes when people look at Brother Branham and they, they find his humanity and they cast all the other things away. Well, this is what the Pharisees did with Jesus. They were looking at his humanity. Well, you were born in sin. We weren't. But look, it, did it not fulfill what the prophets had spoke? Did what we received in this hour, did it not fulfill what is written in Scripture? I, I get amazed. I get really amazed that have people that wants to find fault. And you can, there's plenty of others you can find all kind of fault in. You can find people that took, took their, their gifts and made themselves millionaires out of it. Built kingdoms. And this man was offered checks of $1.5 million for one healing. One healing, he was given a check and he turned it all down. 
He even tried to turn down an offering that uh, Brother Moore had taken up and, and, and he tried to turn it down and it's 20 something thousand dollars. He, he, he tried to turn it down and said, I didn't come here for an offering. I come here to see people set free and delivered. And that's what makes me want to scream out as they did there. What has he done? They put their ads on Facebook. You still following the cloud? Listen, I'm following the cloud. The same one that led the children of Israel out. Done pretty good for them. So I'm gonna follow that cloud, but I can promise you one thing. I ain't following the cloud that's over you. That cloud of darkness and dopehead and homosexuality, I ain't following that cloud. I like how you said it, Brother Aaron. Somebody needs help on aisle 37. Go do your job that you went to. Amen, quit worrying about the people of God. Amen, we're gonna go on with Jesus. If you think it's such a lie, why are you worried about it anyhow? But I know the bringer brought it. And I'm going to follow the bringer because the bringer brings life. He brings the life to the body. And I'm looking at it this morning. I'm seeing life has come to bodies. Palmer Warren came, took all fruit. Love, it took off peace, it took off long-suffering, goodness, meekness, faith, patience. Oh my, that's right, patience <laughs> in the Holy Ghost. He got to eating the fruit of the tree. They're healing the sick, they're speaking in tongues, they're casting out devils, they're doing great work. They're preaching the unadulterated word of God. No denomination to tie them down. They're free, doing a great work. But this little old, ugly, Green tooth beetle. I don't know about y'all, but I'm enjoying this this morning. When he, just do me a favor in the morning when he gets up and tries to whisper some kind of thing. You old ugly green tooth beetle, get under my feet. You ever seen a beetle bit get squished? We call them June bugs. They're like a plague that comes through here every once in a while. And man, you're out there, and then all of a sudden one hits you, man, it make you skirt. I've seen women shout. I've seen men scream and holler. Amen, because they got little spindly legs, and they, they feel like they're going to claw you to death or they're going to eat you right up. They look so, they feel so like so fearful, and you get so afraid, and you look around, and it's just a little bug about like that. Ugly as it can be, but it's a little bug about like that. It can't do you a bit of harm. All you need to do is just shake it off and stomp it. Amen. That old devil wants to come at you on the mornings, some morning, man, and try to put doubts and fears in your life and say, whoa, what was that? You need to look at that green-eyed, green-toothed, snaggly-toothed, ugly devil and just shake him off and stomp it. And say, devil, I'm not listening to what you got to say. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I belong to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You are under my feet. He's come to eat the fruit of faith. 
Faith in the word. He said, the devil's still eating, see? The word's been translated so many times. He is this, that, and the other. Oh, he's all this. But he's trying to eat the faith in the word away. In the word that's been spoken, he tries to bring reasonings and doubts and unbelief and all kinds of things. Like I said, Wednesday night, when all that thing happened with, with Adriana, the devil immediately started trying to work on my mind saying, ah, it wasn't that bad. That wasn't that big a deal. You're making it more than what it was. No, God made it what it is, a miracle. And so he tries to eat at all those things. He tries to eat off. And he said another fruit he tries to eat is the joy of salvation. Mm, mm, mm. Shh, you people make too much noise. Shh, you people make too much noise. He said, how, oh, how can you preach when they're doing like that, Brother Branham? He said, uh, he said I hope you understand. How, how in the world can I preach? He said, listen, if they didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be preaching it. He said, I used to have a friend of mine, Jim Poole, and I used to have an old dog called him Fritz. So this old dog, he'd go anything that was tree but a skunk. He was afraid of a skunk because he smelled so bad. He said, I got him a skunk under a brush pile. Only thing I had to do was pat him a little bit and say, sick him, boy. Sick him, boy. He said, until we got him tree. He said, what? So we find out, amen, he's trying to take the joy. He said, but all we need is some people to realize, hey, the pastor's got a skunk under the wood pile. He's got one there crawling and trying to get out. Come on, sick him, boy. I remember being in a church there in, uh, I believe it was South Carolina and I was preaching along and I got on something, I don't even remember what it was. All of a sudden, a, a black brother that stood up in the back and he said, there that devil is, deal with him a while. Hey Amen, we need some people that'll say, hey, there he is, let's get him. Let's don't allow him to live another moment. His time has come. Deal with him, kick him out. Don't let him have another moment. Sick him, get after him. That's the way he took away the joy. David one time said he had lost the joy of his salvation. He didn't lose his salvation. He lost the joy of it. He cried, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. The joy, the joy. And people act like we ain't supposed to have joy in church. I don't get it. They didn't have those same ideas when having joy at a ball game. Having joy liquored up. You notice the devil wasn't telling you then, you don't need to have so much joy. But he knows when you get to the joy bringer, you don't need that much. You just, no, don't, don't go that far. Don't go into that. No, no, that's good. You're going to go too far. He wasn't worried about you going too far at a ball game or too far in drugs or too far in drinking or too far in sexual things. He wasn't worried about that. Go as far as you want. But all of a sudden about the things of God, we start hearing him, you're going too far. 
trying to take the joy. Eat the fruit of the joy. Now look here, you people make too much noise. I tell you all this crying and saying amen and shouting, that's nonsense. There's nothing to that. He said, you'll say that and the first thing you know, you're sitting in a big morgue. And you're sitting there, all of them dead. Some of these embalming fluids of so-called doctrines of creeds pumped in their veins where the spirit of God ought to be running, where the old church creed pumped in there. No wonder they're icy cold and dead. Spiritual thermometer 90 below zero. Yeah, somebody say amen. And everybody stretched their neck around some kind of goose or something. Want to know who said it? It's a shame when the spirit of God ought to be joy, peace, and love. But this little old bug has ate it away. The next fruit he comes is after your peace. Peace of mind. The peace of knowing you're saved. Well, now, if you'll, you know, if you'll recite a certain creed and you'll believe the message and you'll believe Brother Bradham's a prophet and you'll play so-and-so tapes, you're saved. If you join my church, you're saved. One then another say, if you go in there, you're not saved. You have to say Hail Mary's to be saved. You have to have your name on the book to be saved. You have to, have to, have to, have to. Oh my, that would take the joy out of anything. But that's not God's tree. That's a hybrid tree. He said, but God wants somebody that knows who they are. Amen, not just somebody says, well, I'm a Lutheran or I'm a Presbyterian or I'm a Methodist. I'm born again. I'm born of the family of God. Amen, it's royal blood that's flowing through my veins. It ain't some man's creed or dogma. It's the spirit of God that's moving through me. How do you join this church, Brother Timothy? You don't join this church. You're born in this church. Come on now. That's the only way you can be born. I ain't even just talking about evening like tabernacle. I'm talking about the church of the living God. You can't get in it by creed, by dogmas, by any kind of good works. You're not going to get in. The only way you're going to get in is how the bringer brought it. And he brought it by the Holy Spirit. And he said, you shall repent and be baptized and be filled with the Spirit of God. That's the way the bringer brought it. Any other way is a hybrid and you're not born correctly. Amen. There's old insect. Old green tooth beetle. By the time I get through this, he's gonna have all kind of names. He eat all the peace of mind off. Well, just don't have nobody that loves me. Nobody cares for me. What are you talking about? People have been knocking your door down trying to text you. Trying to show God's love. And you still say there ain't nobody loves you? God does. And he apparently has got some children who do. I know where I'm at. Amen. We get all this peace of mind gone and we, we get all stirred up and rumpled, rumpled up about something. Listen, we need to come back to where he brought it. He said, I bring, bring you peace, not the peace that the world can give. So if the world didn't give this peace, the world can't take it away. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil can't bring it to me. God brought it to me. So if God brought it to me, ain't nobody can do nothing about it. I can hold my peace in the middle of my storm. 
It's what he told the children of Israel at the crossing of the Red Sea. Hold your peace. I know one, one, one thought is keep your mouth shut or speak the right thing. And that's a wonderful thought. But also during your storms, you can hold your peace. You can hold it very closely, knowing that while you're in the storm, and if you're in a storm, that doesn't mean he ain't left you or that he's left you or you're all alone or you're by yourself. No, if you're in the middle of the storm, that means he's still with me. He's still in the boat. He's still here. He's still moving. He's still making a way where there seems to be no way. He is still orchestrating everything according to his will for my good. Then it tears off fellowship, brings that down. We got all these weird feelings that goes on. Time to put our weird feelings aside and just fall in love with Jesus. And then fall in love with Jesus, you fall in love with his people. Listen to this, 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 this blew my mind. I guess I've heard it before, but when I read it again, it just gives you quite the picture. Talks about the Nazarenes and the Lutherans and the Presbyterians and the Pilgrim Holiness and the, and the Pentecostals and all that. He said, I seen her the other night, the whole thing, her pastor laying on top, kissing a corpse, making love to it. Said they ain't got no more time anyhow. This is all of it. He said, my but God planted a tree to bring forth spiritual fruit. Fruits of his spirit, fruits of joy, love, happiness, fruits of the Holy Ghost. But man has always tried to take the spiritual church and make it into an artificial form. Luther had a spiritual church. He goes, and what do they do? They turn it into an artificial form. John Wesley, a great man of God, had a spiritual church, but as soon as he went off the scene, they turned it into an artificial form. And what do you think is trying to happen even in our own ranks? Listen, as we've heard it, Brother Branham left a car running. The dynamics and the mechanics are here. But a bunch of quack mechanics get in there and they start fiddling with this and fiddling with that. Just leave it running. Leave it running. It'll go down to the Holy Ghost. It'll go down to divine healing. It'll run over every devil in hell. I thought about this here again the other night. A couple, it's been a while back. We was driving to church. And I was coming up to Cotton Valley. Coming that way. So it's been a while because that bridge has been out a while. But anyway, I'm driving along and out of the corner of my eye, I see a snake just come out onto the road. And before I could even flinch or anything, poosh, right over it. I said, well, I didn't see that coming. Sister Ruth sitting over there, she said, I think the worst thing is, or maybe the other thing is, he didn't see you coming. And I'm thinking about this thought on treading on serpents. Listen, you go put your foot on a serpent, it's going to bite you. You put your own flesh on it, it's going to rear up and it's going to bite you. But I'm not coming in my power. I'm coming in a different power. The spirit of not by might, not my power, but by the spirit of God. Amen. There's a car that you can get in that'll run over every devil. 
Amen. You might say, well, I didn't see that coming. Well, the worst thing, he didn't see you coming. Amen. He didn't see that it wasn't just you coming down the highway, but there was a power that was greater that was carrying you over the serpent. It was carrying you over the trial. That was carrying you over the sickness. That was carrying you over the trouble. There is a power in the church of the living God. And he will bring you to your victory. He will bring you to the season of life. Listen, he's not only going to just bring the season to you, he's going to bring you to the season. When you don't have the strength and you don't have the ability, God, rich in mercy, just like we heard when we was dead in sins and trespasses, we were laying face down in a flood and the devil had destroyed our life, but God come walking on the flood and he reached down and he picked us up and he carried us back to somewhere we could stand on and he put us down and he began to breathe a life, eternal life into our bodies. That's why we can believe what we believe. That's why we can trust how we trust that's why we can have the peace that we have that's why we can have the joy joy unspeakable and full of glory because it's not my life I live by the life of Jesus Christ he said it's come down to a bunch of Tommy Rod it's a form of godliness the Bible says in the last days I have a form of godliness but deny the power. Hello. God don't do like he used to do. This is not the season of miracles. You denier. You traitor. Paul saw you coming. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Men will be lovers of their own self, proud, black boasters, blasphemers, disobedient, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, incontinent, despisers of those that are good, traitors. Oh, yeah, traitors. Now, I understand why he called them traitors. High-minded, having a form of godliness. Ain't that a paradox? Somebody that's a blasphemer, disobedient, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, incontinent, despises those who are good, traitors, high-minded, but having a form of godliness would deny the power thereof. Brother Timothy, the picture looks very bleak, but it ain't over. <laughs> The author flips the script. He turns the chapter. And he says, but I'll see all this desolation. I see all of this, but I'm going to bring restoration. And all the years that the canker worm, the pommel worm, and and the locust, and and all that has taken and destroyed, I'm going to restore. I'm going to bring it back to what it should be. Oh God, I'm so thankful it's not, this is not depending, the rapture is not depending on fickle men. Because fickle men will put you in and put you out. They'll put you up one day and tear you down the next. But if God loved you ever, he loves you forever. And if God ever cared about you, he still cares about you. 
Oh, if you was a son at the beginning or a daughter at the beginning, you'll be one at the end. It doesn't matter what they've done in between. He said, I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you to the promise. Even Sarah, when you didn't have the faith to believe it, I'm going to bring you to it. Even when you laughed at it, I'm going to bring you to it because you're my child. I traded many nations for you. Hello? He had the opportunity. Satan gave him, said, I'll give you all the kingdoms. He didn't want all of them. He wanted you. He wants you this morning. And he said, I'm going to bring you. to the place. We know this, those story Brother Branham talks about being up there in the wilderness and getting turned around and got lost at night. And he got there in that big old burn over patch in the moonlight and the wind blowing through there. How was making that woo. I've heard it. It's, it is spooky. I heard it during the day and it was spooky enough. Couldn't imagine what it'd be in the moonlit night. Me and Brother... Doug Baker was sitting on the side of Mount Lemon. It had been burnt over a few years and watching, looking over Tucson and the wind coming up that valley hit the most snag. I can still almost feel the hair pulling up. Could you imagine being out by yourself and God wants to show you something? Can we see it in the daylight? But no, he wants to show him and he brings him to this place. He said it was a spooky looking place. It looked like a graveyard. The wind would come down and it began to hit and they'd go, mm, just a mournful sound. Stood and looked at it a little bit. And I thought of this scripture right here, Joel chapter two. These trees put me in mind of some of these great big fine spired churches sitting there just as beautiful as they can be but just as dead as a doornail. Even the palmer arm and eat all the bark off of them and fired trials and blazed all the spirit away. There was nothing left but a big statue just as dead as it can be. And when the mighty rushing wind from heaven would come, the only thing they would do was groan and say it ain't so. And they would say days of miracles are past. You traitor, you dead snag. Days of miracles are past. Just every time God sends a revival, signs and wonders begin to come up and fall among the people and the things they say, oh, the days of miracles are past. What the palmer worm left, the caterpillar eating. What the Methodists left, the Baptists eating. What the Baptists left, the Presbyterian eating. What the Presbyterian left, the Pentecostals eating. Till it's got to such a place, it stripped the tree of everything it's got. All the power, all the joy, all the good things that God was to bring to his church on the day of Pentecost, they tore it all out and there's nothing left but a big church name. Brother, let me tell you what this world needs tonight. He said, that old tree standing there, oh, we got a name. We got a tree. You once was a tree, but what about now? He said, that's the Pentecostal church too. He said, the hardest kick I ever got about divine healing was from an assembly of God man. I wonder how hard a message person would kick him. It's, it's the truth. 
You know, we had, I was talking about this the other day. We had our family camp, I think, the first year. And it was some volunteers that was on the campground. They got a memorial there. Buddy Robinson had preached there. Let me saw that. Yeah, it's there. And, and, and so uh, we was in service and the spirit of God began to move and some of the volunteers had come into that service and, and one of them went out and began to weep. I think it was to Brother Darrell and said, we used to have services just like this. But it's all laid off. We had an armory down in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Couldn't have enough seats. We had several thousand people. He had a great big lot of seats. Anybody that believed in divine healing couldn't even sit in his seats. What a shame. What a shame. What's the matter? What the palm of worm left? The caterpillar eat. The Baptist took the shouting away from the Methodists. One eat this and one eat that till they stripped the church down till they got them just as dead as a doornail. No spirit, no shouting, no joy, no peace, no healing, no nothing. What the Methodists left, the Baptists eat. What the Baptists eat, the caterpillar eat in some other church. And this one eat this and took that away and this took that away. We got nothing left but just a church creed. What well, one left another and eat until you got nothing but a de- big dead tree. And he said, every time God sends a big rush of glory down, well, I don't believe in it. Psychology, this, that, and the other. Dead from the roots up, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. It's a sad looking day. But he said, when Joel looked at that and saw that, he said, but God said, I will restore. Hallelujah. I will bring it to pass. I will bring it right back to what it was at the beginning. He said, it happened to look that night when the wind was blowing there, how stiff and starchy and dead, sitting there moaning and groaning, didn't have no life to bend with it. The bark wasn't flexible no more, moaning and groaning on the account of the wind. Dr. So-and-so, Dr. So-and-so said it, but it happened to notice underneath there was some undergrowth coming up. Some little bushes about like that. They had life in them. And when the wind began to hit them, they started twisting and ringing and shouting and having a glorious time. Let me tell you, brother, God is going to raise up a generation of people out of all this dead stuff that's going to go into a restoration. That's thus saith the Lord. God's going to raise up a people who believe in signs and wonders. God's going to raise up a people who's got joy unspeakable and full of glory. And when the rushing mighty winds come, it'll give right to it. It'll flock, it'll dance. Whatever it's going to do, it's going to glorify God. Because if you knew what I knew and what he's done for me, you'd be shouting too. You'd be glorifying God. You would give him praise. You would shout hallelujah. There would be something on the inside of you. I once was lost. I once was laying dead in my sin, but the grace of God picked me up. Woo! Green leaves clapping their hands. Green leaves dancing and glorifying God. What a frolic. That little undergrowth, listen to this, that little undergrowth was having, but that big old tree standing there at the same time, moaning and groaning, same wind. Same wind. 
the same wind was making one moan and groan was giving another a big time. Hallelujah. What I, I happened to think, well, what is this doing? That wind was moving through and it's pulling them roots and loosening the ground so that little tree could grow deeper and get a better hold. He said every time God sends his blessings, his blessings upon born again men and women, it only loosens up the roots for them to grow deeper and higher and better and freer and glorify God more. I will restore, saith the Lord. I will bring this to pass. There were four death messengers. They said, listen real close. Four death messengers killed the tree. Palm worm, locust, canker worm, caterpillar. Four messengers of Roman devils. Roman dogmas killed that tree. One took his fruit. One took his bark. One took his leaves. One took his life. Four messengers of dogma killed the tree, all but the root. Because <laughs> there was a word hanging over that tree. It says, I'm going to have a bride. <laughs> I'm going to have a bride without spot with a wrinkle and those that are alive and remain. There was a word hanging over that root. There was a word hanging there that was spoke over what the caterpillar could do. And the palmer worm could see the devil can only go so far. He's got a leash or the Bible will talk about a bridle. He puts a bridle in his mouth. In other words, God's got the controls of him. The devil, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. And he gets so close. And the next thing he knows, he's heading a different direction. Why? Because somebody else has got him in control. You may feel like you're, you're headed to destruction and the devil is hot on your trails, but what you need to do is run to the rock that is higher than we are. Run as hard as you can. And when you feel that hound of death on the hill, hills, don't worry, there's somebody behind him that's got him in control. And God is only trying to get you to a certain place at a certain time in a certain season to receive something for him. You go through drought so you can enjoy times of plenty. There's seasons. God doesn't always bring, you know, people think, well, I get the Holy Ghost and it's all over with. It's just nothing but joy bells of heaven. No, you're gonna have trials. You're gonna go through things in your life. You're gonna go through valleys, but you go through the valleys so when you get on top of the hills, you can shout and praise God and say, look what God brought me through. Look, I thought I was going to be destroyed down there. But God, rich in mercy, reached down and lifted me and he brought me to a high place. I will restore. Four death messengers had killed it, but four life messengers would restore it. Who was it? Martin Luther with justification. John Wesley with sanctification. Pentecost brought the restoration of the gifts and the Holy Spirit brings the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. The word, four great prophets, four great men bringing the church and bringing it back to life again for the first time out of the dead, out of the dead earth came a little stalk and it came into a tassel and it came into a shuck and now it's in the seed again. 
because the word had spoke. The devil tried to destroy it, but the word had spoke. The devil tried to eat it all down and eat all the life out of it, but the word had spoke. The word speaks over your situation. It's just like it was with Ezekiel with dry bones. It said, prophesy, son of man, can these bones live? Prophesy, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, thou knowest. But he began to prophesy. And as he spoke, bones came to bones, came to bones, came to sinew, came to skin, came to body standing. And the air of the breath of God was breathed into them and life came into the body again. What was it? It was a sign of restoration. You may be looking at nothing but dry bones. Amen, but you heard it last Sunday. Watch your mouth. Start speaking the word of God. And watch your bone don't go to bone and send you to send you and light be breathed into the body. These bones can live because there's a word spoke for their resurrection. Hallelujah. That's what he said. He said the fourth light is to come to bring the fourth the same signs. Justification brought back the pulp. Sanctification brought back the bark, doctrines of holiness. What brought back the leaf? Pentecostals, leaves clapped their hands, joy, rejoicing. So it's all supposed to be on the tree. If you don't have what is supposed to be brought to, you don't have a living tree. It might look like a tree, it might act like a tree, but it's not a living tree. It don't breathe the life of God on the inside of it. Four stages of restoration. The life only come, four stages of Ezekiel's dry bones. The life come, the sinew was put on them, and then the wind began to blow. That's when it come back, the fourth message of life. I will restore, saith the Lord. We are in the season of life. We are in the season of the bringer. He has brought life back to the body again. And in bringing life, he's bringing healing, bringing deliverance, bringing our children, bringing our families, bringing children out of a barren womb. He is doing this. Because we are in the season of the bringer. Amen. These bones shall live again. Amen. First line, justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Restore restoration of your baptism of the Ghost. The cap, the Holy Ghost bunch being honed out. So it fits with the same kind of ministry he had when he went away. So how in the world are we supposed to be in the days of miracles or past when we're supposed to be in the same season as when he went away? We are in the season of the bringer. God is moving. God is touching. God is able, no matter how bleak it may seem. He went away and when he comes back, 
it'll, he said, don't let me go back. He said, the Holy Ghost bunch is being honed out so that it can fit with the same kind of ministry he had when he went away. And when he comes back, it'll catch the whole thing back up in the rapture where the justified, sanctified, and baptism of the Holy Ghost, that pyramid will stand again and that house of God will live again. That tree of life is growing again. That tree of life is growing again. That tree of life is growing again. The bringer is bringing it. Listen, I would come to every service, amen, looking for the bringer to come, bringing his gifts, bringing his healing, bringing prodigals home, bringing deliverances, bringing, amen, whatever is in the promises of God. Amen, listen, you will never be ashamed. Hallelujah, mama, mama, you're not gonna stand there, oh God. You're not gonna stand there on that other side and be ashamed. Why didn't this one make it? I tried this and you rub your, no sir, you're not gonna be ashamed. He said, I'm gonna call them from the north, from the east and from the north. I'm gonna say, let them go. And I'm gonna bring them back. And I'm gonna bring them back to full restoration and to eternal life. And there ain't a devil in hell big enough or strong enough or God enough to hold them when the word of God goes forth. (laughs) Hallelujah. Can we go back to it again last Sunday, Sarah? Watch your mouth. Start speaking the word of God. Don't speak your doubts. Don't speak your unbelief. Don't speak what's around you. Don't speak your circumstances. Don't speak your fears. Don't speak the things around you and how impossible it can be. Or say, I want you to start speaking. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? No, nothing is. No trial is. No child is. No problem is. No sickness is. Cancer itself shall be defeated. We've already seen it and it'll not happen just one time, but it'll happen over and over and over. I'm speaking the word of God right now. I'll bring them back home again. I'll bring them your son. I'll bring your daughters. I'll bring them from the four corners of the earth. I'll bring them out of sin. I'll bring them out of drugs. I'll bring them out of any kind of sexual thing. I'll bring them out. I say, devil, you let loose of them in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a tree that's standing up on the earth. Shall these bones live again? I say, yea, Lord, they shall live. And I'm seeing bone coming upon bone and sinew coming upon sinew and skin rising. Hallelujah. Let the breath of God loose. Come on, mama, this is your day. Let the breath of God loose. Satan, let go of my children. Satan, take your hands off of my child. That's my right. That was given to me by God. Hallelujah. Come on, worship God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Shall these bones live again? 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Sharon Baxter, shall these bones live again? Hallelujah. They shall live again. Hallelujah. There's already been a word spoke over you, devil. You can only hold them so long. You can only go so far. But there is a word over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ron Spencer, will these bones live again? I say, yay, they shall live again. Hallelujah, pancreas is gonna live again. Lungs are gonna live again. Brain's gonna live again. Amen, what the devil's trying to destroy, God shall restore. Doesn't matter, Erica Parker, matters not. It shall be restored. Hallelujah. Oh my, can't we give the Lord a good worship right now? Just give him a good thanksgiving from your heart. Amen. You know you was out there in that ocean, face down and dead, and you was without hope, but God come walking on it, and he picked you up. There ought to be a people that ought to praise God. It ought to be the church of the firstborn. It ought to be the church of the living God because you saw where you was and you saw where you was headed. But all of a sudden God came and the light dawned upon your life and it changed you forever. The bringer brought you salvation. Hallelujah. Sister Diane, will these bones live again? They're going to live. I don't care where they're at. I don't care how bad it is. It doesn't matter. It matters not. Can I say it again? It matters not. Hallelujah. Sing something. Daughters of Zion, oh Abraham's son, hear the words of your father, hear his promise of love. Shame.
It's your word that we cling to. Has he spoken something this morning that's anchored down in your heart? We want to water that seed with praise this morning. Hallelujah.